so last Sunday, I had the privilege of introducing you to my grandparents, and it was just amazing to see what the Lord did last Sunday. Uh, and so this Sunday, I want to introduce you uh, to some people that are also special to me, because I just want to put them in front of you. So I want to go ahead and invite Ever Borunda on the stage. And uh, as he gets up here, I just want to tell you who Ever Borunda is, and, and we'll clap for him in a minute. So, so hold your claps, hold your applause till the end. Uh, but Ever Borunda, he is the Hispanic ministry specialist for Oklahoma Baptist, so the Baptist Convention in Oklahoma. Um, and he works with churches all around the state uh, to connect them with each other and with resources. And not only is he that, but he's actually my uncle too. So that, that's pretty cool that he's my, he's my uncle. And what's funny is that I actually didn't know he worked with like Oklahoma Baptist. So like I walked in the building one day and I was saying what's up to everybody. And all of a sudden I see him. I'm like, Evid? And he's like, Misael? And I was like, what are you doing here? And he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I work here. And he goes, I work here too. And I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, I didn't know that. Okay, that's funny. Um, so anyway, he's just incredible. And then he brought his daughter, uh, Alexa. And so Alexa right here, I don't know if you want to wave or just kind of say what's up. All right, there you go. That's cool. Alexa, she's awesome. I haven't seen her in a long time. So like she's grown from like this big to that big. And I'm like, I'm old now. So anyone else feel old today? Come on, come on. Somebody gets, gets to raise their hand today. But anyway, uh, man, I'm so grateful that he is here with us to preach uh, for this service and then also the second service in Spanish. And so uh, just grateful for that. So let's give him a hand. Thank you. Well, it is a great blessing for me to be here this morning. I want to thank Pastor Misael for uh, allowing me to come and share the word with you, for allowing me to be here. Uh, I have visited in the past. I've been uh, in the building, and I just, I, I know what's, uh, what, what you guys are doing, and, and, and I think it's just um, incredible that God has placed you, that has placed this church in this community that, that uh, needs it uh, greatly. And so I am encouraged to, to hear and, and to see the things that the Lord is doing. And uh, I know that uh, you are at this moment going through um, the epistle of uh, Peter, First Peter. And so I want to invite you to open your Bibles uh, to First Peter. And uh, I was uh, given the task to continue in that, uh, looking at chapter 4. Verses 12 through 19. And as you, as you um, go through your, um, your Bibles, as you open your Bibles, as you turn on your Bibles, I know that that's, that's a thing now, right? Um, uh, you know, I just, I just want to say that I am, I am blessed and I am so grateful to be able to serve Oklahoma Baptist, to serve this, uh, this church and, and the many other churches uh, around the state. Primarily, my, my work is with uh, Hispanic, Hispanic churches. But, um, you know, I always, I always say I, I serve Oklahoma Baptist. It doesn't matter what language. It doesn't matter what ethnicity. It doesn't matter what group. I serve Oklahoma Baptist. Uh, my main focus is in Hispanic ministry. But uh, if I can ever be of service to you, um, uh, feel free to reach out through uh, Pastor Misael, and I'll be more than happy to sit down and talk with you and, and uh, with your pastor in any way that, that I can serve, that I can help. Um, so if you have your Bibles, uh, one of the things I always ask, um, just because I grew up this way, and, and uh, uh, you know, I don't know if this is your uh, practice here or not, but many churches do. I want to ask you to stand as we read God, in God's Word, uh, just as a, as a sign and as a, as a way to uh, uh, show our reverence uh, to the reading of, of Scripture. And uh, so 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19, this is how the Word of God reads. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. 
But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear the name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Father, we come before you at this moment uh, after the blessing of having um, sang these this, this wonderful songs to you in, in which we express our love and our gratitude and, and just that, that, that we stand in awe of your goodness, your greatness, and your faithfulness. Father, we thank you because you have been faithful and, and you will always be. There is not a time when we, when we need to fear whether you are going to respond and whether you are going to come through. We know that you will because you have never you have never failed, and, and it is impossible for you to fail. So, Father, we ask uh, this morning that as we come to your word and as we allow the word to speak to us, that you will allow me to simply be an instrument in your hands, that you will, that you will uh, open up our minds and our hearts so that we will receive the word that you have for us this morning. And, Father, if there is anyone here who is at the moment struggling, who is not sure of their salvation, if they know that they are not saved, Father, that this will be the day of salvation for them. If there is someone here who is struggling with sin, even though, even though they follow you now, Father, that this will be the day when they decide that that, 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 that ends now and that they will just um, commit to you once again. Father, and we ask that you will give us strength and that you, that, that you will uh, keep us faithful to you as you have been to us, even in the midst of pain and, and persecution. And Father, we ask for our brothers and sisters around the world who at this moment, they are actually being persecuted because of their faith. So Father, we ask that you will just do your work in us and through us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, um, I want to talk about how to suffer well for Christ. Um, as obviously you're going through this letter and so you know the context, but I just want to I just want to do uh, just a, a very brief summary and a, a reminder so that we understand the context in which we find ourselves in, in these verses that we just read. So during the time Peter wrote this letter, uh, the church around the world, but particularly in Rome and in Asia Minor, was suffering terrible persecution because of Nero, the Roman emperor, uh, one of the most vicious uh, attackers and, and persecutors of the church through, uh, you know, in, 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 in church history. Uh, Peter wrote this letter to the churches in, in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And, and, and Peter wrote this letter, um, uh, or I'm sorry, it was, it was um, not Peter, but it was the Apostle Paul who founded churches in these different regions. And, 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 and in the same way as um, Peter is writing to these churches, Paul also wrote to this group of churches that were in the region of Asia Minor. Uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, we see that Jesus speaks to the seven churches 
through the Apostle John, uh, which were also part of this group of churches. So we see that this, these churches are very important in, in, in the New Testament. And as we, as we uh, look at them, you know, the things that God was doing in them and through them and, and how God continues to speak to them, uh, you know, all throughout the New Testament. Uh, Henry uh, Halley, uh, one of the, um, he, he, uh, he's a fa- famous um, uh, author and, and author of uh, commentaries. He writes in his biblical manual that it is very likely that this first letter from Peter uh, was written by the apostle shortly after the martyrdom of the apostle Paul. And so uh, Halley writes also that it was probably Silas, one of Paul's um, uh, partners in ministry, that it was probably him, the one who took this letter to the churches of Asia Minor to encourage them in the midst of the persecution that they were suffering. Um, it is, it is uh, therefore, in this uh, historical context of persecution and suffering experienced by the church in Rome that Peter wrote this letter encouraging the church, the, the church of all times to endure suffering and stand firm and faithful to Christ. And so we understand the, 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 the context and we know that the church is going through a very difficult uh, time as they are being persecuted because they are obviously... Uh, followers and proclaimers of the faith. Christians have been called to persevere in the midst of the sufferings caused by following Christ. I know that that for us to speak of persecution and suffering for Jesus, it's foreign to most of us. I would say it's, it's foreign to, to pretty much all of us because we live in a country that offers us so many freedoms and, and we have uh, so many, just a great blessing of being able to worship God freely without fear of persecution. And so, as I was, as I was preparing uh, for this morning, uh, it was, my, my prayer was that God would allow me to, to, to understand his word, but, but understand it in the context of, of which it was written uh, in the historical context. But then to also help me understand how does it apply to us now? Because obviously we're not going through that persecution. Obviously we're not, we're not being attacked uh, in, this, in, in the same way that, that the churches in Asia Minor were being attacked, persecuted, and even killed because of their faithfulness to Christ. So Peter writes, and, and, and if, we, if we go back through the verses as, as we're going to do here in just a minute, um, I, I want us to look at uh, four observations and four different points that we find in, in the letter as Peter is is writing to the church. And the first thing that he tells him in, in verse 12, he tells him, do not be surprised when you go through trials. Do not be surprised when you go through trials. Most of us have no experience uh, uh, or we have not experienced uh, the persecution or suffering that comes from being followers of Christ. Um, our country, uh, again, protects us. We have a lot of, a lot of protection, a lot of religious uh, freedom in this country, and, and that's, a, that's a wonderful blessing. That's a great blessing that we get to worship without fear of, of being attacked or being persecuted or, or, or being put in prison. But there is something very unique that has happened in the church throughout history that the church is purified and the church experiences great blessing when it goes to persecution. All we have to do is read church history and, and, and see the periods of time uh, you don't even have to go and find a book in church history, but you just have to go and read the book of Acts. And you will see that 
when the church was persecuted the most and when the church was attacked the most, the church was purified and the church grew. And, and, and the church, uh, it just exploded and people came to Christ and, and, and the work of the Holy Spirit, the work that is done, it is very unique in the midst of the church when it is being persecuted. Peter had learned the lesson Jesus had taught about uh, the, the sufferings that awaited his disciples. In, in, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, uh, verses 12 through 19, this is, this is what it says. Uh, and this is Jesus speaking. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison. And you will be brought before kings and governors and, on all, account, uh, and all on account of my name. And so will... Um, you will bear witness to me, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand uh, how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of you, your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will betrayed and be betrayed by parents. You will be betrayed by brothers and sisters, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair on your head will perish Stand firm and you will win life. This was Jesus speaking to the apostles, speaking to the disciples before, way before Peter wrote this, this letter. And so Peter remembers that Jesus had, had warned them and he had told them that this was going to take place, as this was going to happen, that the church was going to be persecuted and many of them were going to be put to death. Um, I had the, the privilege of... Um, taking a group of students with um, uh, Go Students Ministries um, a few weeks back, we went to uh, Seville, Spain. And uh, if you know anything about, about um, history, uh, Seville, it's a place where, where the Catholic Church was, it was very strong um, and, and there was a lot of persecutions again, uh, persecution against the evangelical church. Uh, rivers of blood have, have ran through that city of Seville, uh, the Catholic Church um, persecuting Christians who believe the gospel. Now, uh, I know that you may think, well, Catholics are Christians too, but you got you to gotta understand historically the, the, the Christian church did not want uh, for, the, for the Bible and for the, and for the gospel to, to be proclaimed in the way that, that we proclaim as, a, as evangelicals. And so uh, as I was there, uh, we were able to see uh, some historical sites, and one of the places where we went was this. Uh, it, it was kind of a, a, a it was a coliseum. Uh, it was you know n not nearly as big as the Roman Roman Colosseum, but um, we were able to be there and and to see uh, the place where I mean thousands of Christians were were martyred, were killed because of because of of their faith, and 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 their therefore fulfilling the words of Jesus, saying you will be persecuted even by by the people that supposedly love you the most, they will turn you in and they will even kill you. The expectation for the church is that there will be suffering and persecution for Christ's followers. Um, this, is a, this is a reality that must exist in the mind of every Christian and uh, that eventually we will have to face persecution. That as Christians, we will have to face sufferings and, and that for some, it will even be to the point of death. This reality, says Peter, should not surprise us as if it were something strange. Now, 
I know that if the persecution came and, 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 and we began to be put in jail because of the, the message that we preach, that, that salvation is in Christ and in Christ alone, and if we, we, we began to be, to be persecuted and we began to lose our jobs because we were Christian, and if we were, uh, uh, you know, even be put to death, I know that that would really take us by surprise. And I know that that's not something that, that we're expecting that's going to happen. But Peter says you should be expecting it. Because that's been the reality for the church from, from the very beginning. Read the book of Acts and you will see. And, and persecution and, and suffering for the church has never ceased. There's, has, there has never been a time when the church around the world has been, has been uh, at peace without being persecuted. There has always been persecution. Christians have always been killed because, simply because of the name of Christ. And so Peter says, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised. Do not let it shock you when it, when it happens as it is happening to you at this moment, Peter writes uh, to the churches. On the contrary, uh, Peter says, he says that Christians should rejoice in the midst of suffering. And that, and that takes us to verse 13. That we are to rejoice in the midst of suffering. We are to rejoice in the midst of suffering. Now, the apostle Peter learned the, the, the lesson that Jesus taught in, in the Sermon on, of the Mount. And that's the reason why he can say this. Because he learned, that, he learned it from Jesus. Jesus actually told them that he and, 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 and that the apostles and the disciples of Jesus had to rejoice when there is persecution. Jesus clearly told his followers that they would be blessed when they were persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Matthew 5, 10 to 12 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, Jesus says. Rejoice. And be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus telling Peter, you ought to rejoice when persecution comes. And now Peter takes that same message and he tells the churches that are being persecuted by this crazy man, this crazy emperor who, who, who decided to use Christians... As human torches to light up his gardens. This crazy man who is said to have been playing the fiddle uh, naked on his balcony as Rome was burning. This man was, was uh, absolutely insane. And the church suffered by his decree and by what he was saying. And Peter tells the Christians, you ought to rejoice. When you are suffering. That's a hard word. Now we can talk about it. And, and, and we, can, we can come up with all kinds of ways in which yes. you know, we are, but, but really. If we're being honest with ourselves. Are we able to rejoice? When we're being persecuted? Now scripture very clearly tells us that we ought to. And, and we're going we're gonna to get there in just a minute. That it is not in our own strength. It's not in our power. And it's not because we just decide to do it. But it is because God does it through us. 
we don't normally think of, of suffering and persecution as something that we can rejoice in. Peter says that instead of being surprised when the trial comes, we should rejoice. And we should rejoice that we get to participate in the sufferings of Christ. So you got to remember that Peter got to see Jesus being crucified. Peter got to see Jesus being mistreated and, and, and being, being hit by the Roman soldiers and being put that crown of thorns on his head. And he got to see Jesus hanging on that cross as he was bleeding, as his life, his life was leaving him. Peter understood what he meant for Jesus to suffer. And so he says that we ought to rejoice because we are participating in the sufferings of Christ. And the reason that we can rejoice in the midst of suffering is because our joy will even be greater when the glory of Christ is revealed. That's what, that's what verse 13 says. In our immediate context, this does not make much sense. Again, because, because we live in a place where, where we haven't been persecuted, where, where, where people haven't been put in jail for being Christians. In fact, this country was founded because, because many were running away because they were being persecuted, right? The religious persecution that was, that was taking place in, uh, uh, in England and in, in, in other places around the world. And, and they decided we're going to a, new, to a new place where we can worship freely and where we can, where we can set up a, a system that will allow us to worship the true God without, without being persecuted uh, because of religious persecution. We usually relate suffering to something bad, not a blessing. And so Peter begins his letter in chapter 1 by talking about the impact trials have in our lives. See, we, we, we think of, uh, of suffering and persecution, we always think of it in, in, in negative terms. But we got to understand that, that God has a very different plan for, for the reason when we suffer and when we are being persecuted and when the church is being persecuted, he says in, in, in chapter 1, verse 7, which I'm sure you've, you've, you've gone through and you've studied that already. But it says, this have come, talking about the trials, this have come so that, uh, uh, that the uh, proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. James, the, 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 the brother of Jesus, wrote the same thing in his letter uh, in James 1, verses 2 and 4. When he, when he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There is blessing that comes with with our, our, our faith being tested through suffering and persecution. Paul wrote exactly the same thing in his letter to the Romans where he says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we're also, we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Although this is not our experience in, in Oklahoma or, 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 or in America, we must recognize that it has always been the, the norm and the expectation for the church of Jesus Christ. It always has. There has always been persecution. The church is purified 
And Christians grow in their faith when they experience persecution and suffering for Christ's sake. Christ does not expect, expect us to endure suffering, as I said earlier, uh, for him in our own strength. But look at what verse 14 says. It says that the spirit of God rests in you when you are facing persecution. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of God rests on you. This means that enduring trials is not something that we can do ourselves. But it is something that the Spirit of God does in us. It is the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to rejoice even in the midst of trials, suffering, and pain for following Christ. In verse 16, and, 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 and I know that time is, is getting away from me, so I, I, I just, I just want to mention here a, a, few, a few key points uh, in the rest of the passage. And that is that in verse 16, Peter tells the church, do not be ashamed if you suffer because you are Christians. I know that for us, it, 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 would, be, it would be very weird, it would be very strange for us. And, 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 and when, we, when we are, in a way, attacked because we are Christians, in a way, we, we, we feel, we, we kind of have a little bit of, of shame that, that people are shaming us, that people are attacking us. We, we all want to be loved. We, we all want to be liked. We remember the story of, of, of the, the baker who decided not to bake a cake for, for a homosexual couple. And, and then he ended up being sued. That's, that's a form of persecution. Now, he in no way was, was ever going to lose his life over that. He was not going to be in prison over that. But financially, he, was, uh, he, he, he felt the, the attack and, and he knew that financially it could have ruined him. Think of, of the, the CEO of Firefox, one of, the, one of the search engines that you find in your computer. I don't remember what year it was, but uh, the, the CEO of Firefox at one point, this, uh, this, this man lost his job because, uh, because of his convictions as a Christian. And his convictions as uh, that, 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 that he was not going to publicly support the homosexual movement. And he lost his job over that. Now, my, my, my question is, uh, are we willing to suffer and are we willing to be persecuted? For, for our convictions. See, many times we, we think that, well, yeah, we need to pray for our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted and, 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 and who, are, who are losing their lives. And, and, but are we ready to be in that position? Are we ready to be in that place where, where people dislike us, where people attack us, where, where people... Where people try to put us to shame, when, when, when people are, are, not, are not nice to us simply because we proclaim the name of Christ. See, it's not, it's not illegal yet for us to speak against the, well, I'll just say it, against the homosexual community. But the, the day is coming when it will be declared as hate speech. And for anyone who decides to speak, what, what God's word says, we, we will be attacked and we will be persecuted. 
And, and, and that's simply, that, that's just an example of, of the things that, that are to come. And so, and so for us, how does this apply to us? Well, in verse 19, Peter says to commit yourselves to Christ even in the midst of suffering. What does that mean? That we have to make that commitment again, that even in the midst of persecution and suffering and attacks, that we have to remain faithful to him. We just sang a, a, a wonderful song that says that you have been faithful and, and, and you have never failed. And, and at one point I thought, you know, sometime in the past I thought that that song said, you, you've never failed me yet, which that would be very theologically uh, untrue because there, there is no way that, 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 that God could ever fail. Not that he has never failed me yet, but, but the, you can never fail. God can never fail. And so because he can never fail, we can commit ourselves to him, trusting that, that he will keep us and that he will continue to, to, to uphold us and to, and to remain faithful to him. So, so what? You may ask the question. What, 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 is, what, what does all this have to do with me? Because here we are in this nice building. There is no police outside waiting for us. There's, there's no one uh, coming after us because we proclaim the name of Christ. So, so how does this apply to me? See, th this passage, and, and although I was tempted to do that as, as I was trying to get some practical ideas from the text... But, but this passage is not applied to us uh, for just any kind of suffering. This passage is not talking to us, what about when you suffer when you are sick or when you lose a loved one or when you lose your job? That's not what this passage is about. That's not what, that's not what Peter's letter is about. He's not talking about those things. Now, there are other portions of Scripture that, that, that make reference to that and talk about how do we remain faithful when, when things don't go our way or when things are difficult in our lives because of sickness, because of death because of financial pressures but this is not the passage and so I don't want to take this passage out of context just to make a practical application in our lives this is the application that I that, that I want us to make and, and and to I want us to think about and you may not think that this is relevant to you or to or to me or to the church during this time but but we must always be prepared to suffer for Christ that's number one. That it should not be surprised, uh, be a surprise to us that we will not be shocked when it happens to us. We should not be surprised when, when persecution and when the attacks come. We should trust in the Holy Spirit to stand firm. That's, a, that's an actual application that we can take from this passage that we need to stand firm and trust that the Holy Spirit will do the work through us and, 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 and in us. And then that we will not be ashamed when we are rejected for being Christians. That we will not be ashamed when we are criticized for proclaiming the name of Christ. That we will not be ashamed when we are marginalized by the world because we stand firm in proclaiming that we are followers of Jesus. And then lastly, let us remember that trials strengthen our faith and purify us. It doesn't matter what kind of trial. If you're trusting in God, but particularly, it may not be that this happens in our time. It might. 
But when the attacks and the persecution comes, remember that trials strengthen your faith and my faith. And so I just want to finish with this question. Are you a follower of Jesus this morning? And you may say, well, I'm not and I don't want to be because I don't want to be persecuted. Let me tell you that Peter says, judgment must begin by the, by, uh, 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 with the family of God. He says, but if it begins with the family of God, how much more painful will it be for those who have rejected the gospel? So if you are sitting here and you have heard the gospel, that there is salvation in Christ and Christ alone, that there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved, and you have rejected that, let me tell you that it doesn't matter how painful and how cruel the persecution against believers may be on this earth, we will eventually receive the blessings and the crown of glory that Jesus has ready for us when we come into his kingdom. But there is suffering, eternal suffering, for those who reject Jesus. And so I hope that this morning you, you ask yourself the question, what about Jesus? What have I done with Jesus? Am I following? Am I being faithful? And even if persecution comes, will I remain faithful? And my prayer is that you, the answer is yes. And my prayer is that the Spirit of God is working in your heart if you are not a follower of Jesus this morning. And that you will have the courage to come and speak to Pastor Misael and ask him, how can I be a follower of Christ? Father, we ask that you will glorify yourself. That you glorify your name through the preaching of your word. And Father, that you will allow us and help us so that we will be prepared whether it happens in, 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 at a, at a, in a massive scale where there's persecution around the world against the, the, the entire church or just in our own lives, if we are persecuted, attacked because of our convictions as followers of Jesus, Father, that we will remain faithful knowing that trials are, trials are, 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 are temporary, but the salvation that you have for us, that is eternal that we will be mindful of that. Thank you for your word. Thank you for, your, for your, your Holy Spirit. And thank you for Jesus. It is in his name that we pray. Amen.